if you heard, but there was a debate. Yeah. Donald Trump. Chris Wallace. Oh, and Joe Biden was there, too. We'll get to that in a minute. Welcome. It's the Snark Factor. I'm your peppy host, Fingers Malloy. It's Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. Sarah Smith is womaning the news desk, as she always does here on the Snark Factor. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. We have a lot to get to, and I, I, I would be... I would feel like we just completely bypassed the the story of the week if we if we didn't at least touch on the debate, even though it happened several days ago, Sarah. And uh, I watched some of it. I didn't watch all of it. Uh, I did watch with social media reaction, which I found fascinating. And the the reaction on social media was, and I and I follow people on the right, people on the left mainstream media. It was fascinating to watch the 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 reaction on social media. And this is what I saw, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Trump fans were happy that Trump was aggressive for the first 10-15 minutes. And then they were the, the the Trump fans that I saw on social media were were starting to uh act concerned that he was too aggressive. Right. Overdid it a little bit. Overdid it a little bit. Would not let Joe Biden talk because going into the debate, to the debate, Sarah, the expectation, expectations, apparently I can't talk today. It's very early. Ladies it's and very early. It's very early. The expectations, the, the bar was set so low for Joe Biden that if he just got through the entire debate, the media would have called it a win. H- having said that, Sarah, I think a lot of people on the right were saying to themselves, Trump, they, they all call him Trump. Right. What I, from Donnie. What I, hey, Donnie. Yeah. Donnie, let the man talk. I understand that you want to refute every lie that comes out of the man's face. And there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But let the man talk because... He will wear down. Right. And he will say ridiculous things. I believe he repeated the same uh, number during this debate, this debate that he did in previous events where he said 200 million people, Americans, 200 million Americans have died or are dying from the coronavirus. He didn't immediately corrected himself. It's like, dude, uh, stop making the mistake. But. He can't. He can't help himself uh, because, listen, the man is out of practice. He hasn't been challenged very much. Right. And he, he's he been in the basement hiding, mm-hmm. which which at one point I nearly leapt out of my chair when he when, when Joe Biden said to Donald Trump regarding, I believe it was the coronavirus, you need to get out of your bunker. Mm-hmm. How Trump didn't shoot back. And say, you, me, get out of the bunker. You've been in the basement for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. But he I'm calling lids on your campaign before noon, like every three days. Which is absolutely true. It has been amazing. Mm-hmm. The month of September, how many times the campaign has called a lid on a particular day. 
or for the day. Whatever the election lingo, the campaign lingo is lit I for the day. I think one morning it was as early as like 9.20 something. Yes. So that means and there would be like, no, no appearances. That's it. Nothing. No events, nothing, no interviews, nothing. It's a call a lid. They're calling a lid. I wish I could just call a lid. Oh, boy. You're well, not do kidding. Do I ever. Calling a lid. So he would wear down if, if Trump would just let him talk. Right. But Trump couldn't help himself. So he was a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. What's funny is that you, you would see straw polls after. And straw polls are not scientific, so don't start tweeting me. Oh, fingers, you you buffoon. <laughs> These weren't scientific polls. A lot of the re- reaction post-debate outside of the media bubble was that Trump won the debate. Right. There were town hall, there were focus groups. There was one focus group on CNN where mm-hmm. the reporter at looked to the crowd and said, how many of you thought Joe Biden won the debate? Raise your hands. And out of, I'm guessing, uh, 12 people, two people raised their hands. Ouch. Which the, on the people CNN? That, yeah, which the people on CNN must have it just absolutely must have uh, there must have been a huge meltdown. Yeah, whoever pre-screened that audience is fired. Right. By the way. But or that the, group, rather. But the concern on social media that I uh, that I saw from many on the right was uh that Trump was too hot. Then you had mm-hmm. the never Trump gang. Believe it or not, there are still a few of the never Trumpers out there. <laughs> and they're a fascinating group, folks. You, you've got people who pretty much are living in the moment, and it doesn't feel like they've thought this through. There will be an after Trump. It may be six months from now when the election's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what I did there? Six, six months from now when the election's mm-hmm. over. Uh, or it may be January 2025. But at some point, there will be an after Trump. And these never Trumpers. Not if he has his way. (sighs) He wants to be president forever, don't you know? I think think there's a part of him. And I'm maybe totally off base. I think there's a part of him that would love to win this election. And then in the middle of next year, say, you know what? I've had enough. Yeah. Mike Pence I'm is good. your president now. I just I'm wanted cool. to show you that I could mm-hmm. I could win. Right. And I did. Right. Come in, wipe out the national debt, make some crazy deal with China, and wipe our national debt and do some other big crazy thing like fully decriminalize marijuana or something. Yeah. And do so just something that everybody you know, like huge. And then be like, peace out. Yeah. Peace out. That would be kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, be. he is he is president internet troll. <laughs> it would be like the ultimate. Oh, troll. and can you imagine the meltdown? Oh yeah, because who would be the president of the United States? Mike Pence. Pence. We'll talk about uh, three years of people screaming about an illegitimate president. Oh, the my people goodness. didn't elect Mike Pence. <laughs> oh, oh, this is actually fun. He would force the media to defend Donald Trump. And be like, you don't want Mike Pence as president. You were better off with Donald Trump. <laughs> we thought Donald Trump was bad. 
Mm-hmm. Now we got Mike Pence. About Donald Trump slash Mitt Romney slash George Bush. That was nothing compared to Mike Pence. Oh, it's fun to speculate. But going back mm-hmm. to the never Trump Anywho, people, right. there, there, there will be an after Trump. And what's fascinating to me is you've got a group of people. They're the, the smart set, blue check mark, never Trump people mm-hmm. who are going to have absolutely no home after never Trump or after Donald Trump leaves office. Right. Because they've burned every bridge. They've burned every bridge. It's one thing to be not a fan of Donald Trump. Sure. I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. I'm a fan of my tax cut. I'm a fan of about 70% of what he's done. Not a fan of the debate performance the other night. Not a fan of some of the things that he says. Not a fan of not being able to come out forcefully for the 9,000th time he's asked the question about white supremacy. I understand being frustrated about being asked the same question because the media is just interested in narrative and they aren't interested in the truth. But... That should have been an easy slam dunk, knock it out of the park, turn it around on Joe Biden and ask, see, or say something like, see, Mr. Biden, see how easy it was. I just denounced white supremacy. Right. Let's talk about Antifa. Right. Denounce them here tonight. Denounce them here for everyone tonight. Denounce Mm -hmm. you, you, you have given generic statements about violence. But left-wing violence is tearing this country apart. They're burning cities to the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and you are not saying anything about Antifa. He, without even prompting Joe Biden, Joe Biden put his foot in his mouth about Antifa. Right. right. Exactly. He, and all he would have had to do, it would take a millisecond and be like, I denounce white supremacy. For, yes, for the however manyth time that he's had to say it. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of people make the argument like, well, how many times do you want him to say it? I want him to say it every time somebody asks him. Yes. That's how many times I want him to say it. And if they ask him, the more they ask and the more he says it as an immediate, clear one sentence response, the more obvious it becomes to people that he's just being asked for the sake of being asked. And why don't they ask Joe Biden about Antifa? Why not? Yes. So let just let them ask. Answer it as many times as you need to. Shouldn't be a problem. Nope. But for some he is very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I understand the anger. I really do. Because he was never considered a racist until he decided to run for president as a Republican. And now he is the biggest, biggest, bigot. <laughs> Biggity, biggity, bigot. Biggity, biggest biggity bigot of them all. Of them all. Mm -hmm. So I understand it's frustrating, but you know what? That's the price you pay for being president of the United States. You're going to be asked some stupid questions over and over and over again, and you better have an answer for them. Right. Especially when the media is your enemy, Democrats are your enemy. Don't help the enemy. It's that simple. Come out, say, uh, listen, as you know, Chris, because you asked me this question four years ago, I have on several occasions denounced white supremacy. 
There's no place for that in the United States of America. There is no place for bigotry in the United States. You know what else, Chris? You know what there's no place for? Political violence in the streets. Violence in general. All violence should be denounced. But political violence that's being perpetrated by far-left radicals who feel like they have a home in the Democratic Party and in Joe Biden's campaign because, after all, people in Joe Biden's campaign were helping to bail these people out after they would destroy American cities? Chris, let's let's ask my opponent right now if he will come out tonight even though his campaign helped bail out rioters. Let's ask him now if he denounces Antifa and if he regrets that Members of his campaign staff donated to bail out people who damaged property, destroyed businesses. And God forbid, I and I don't know this for a fact, but we know that dozens of lives were lost in the rioting. Mm-hmm. Did any of that bail money go to anyone who was associated with the people who were killing during these riots? I would like for you to ask my opponent that question. Does he regret that his staffers donated to bail rioters out? Does he denounce Antifa? Turn it around, mm-hmm. Mr. President. But instead, you you got a half-ass answer. And you know what? It's very frustrating. But having said that, that's Trump. Right. He's not a politician. And I'm sure as a businessman, he's thinking to himself, I've answered this already. Come mm-hmm. on, you're, wa- you're wasting my time. Mm-hmm. I've I answered this. And, and what's your angle? What are, you, what are you trying to accomplish here? Is this a trap? Are you trying to trap me? But you got to answer the question. Every time. Every time they ask it. But it'll be interesting because you, you going back to never Trump, they're not going to have a home when Trump is gone. In the Republican Party. And, the, you know, their standard answer will be, I don't care. I, they, they don't want me to be in their home. They've, it's the, the party of Trump. Right. It's Trump's Republican Party, and I want nothing to do with it anyway. Mm-hmm. 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 Until Marco Rubio runs for president of the United States again. Right. Which will happen. Until Ted Cruz runs for president of the United States again. When Nikki Haley runs for president of the United States when Mike Pence, who you liked up until he became Donald Trump's running mate, mm-hmm. you'll probably still dig your heels in on him. Because how dare he? Because, you know, a lot of these people, what cracks me up, because I see it. Bear with me for my little inside baseball moment here. But a lot of these people who criticize people who have gotten media jobs because they became pro-Trump are jealous. That's the facts. Right there. They're jealous of people who got media jobs. Many of them, many of the Never Trumpers, flipped sides they to be able to get the love from leftist media. And the idea that Mike Pence was supposed to say no, right. he's offered to be on the, the, the ticket for the Republican Party. He's supposed to say no. 
Oh, because mm-hmm. it's Donald Trump and my, my principles. Mm-hmm. As if every single vice presidential nominee has liked the guy at the top of the ticket. Are you kidding me? They're supposed to be best friends like Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Yeah. Ever crack a history book? <laughs> Look at how the Kennedys treated LBJ. For crying out loud. Harry Truman was so in the dark, he had no idea that we had the atomic bomb. It was for his own good, I'm sure. <laughs> the president Pla- and the plausible deniability. Yeah. The president and the vice president aren't always besties. Right. And they don't always see eye to eye. But this is politics. But I'm sure that the the, the Never Trump gang will probably shun Mike Pence when he runs for president of the United States. But my point is the left will have no use for them because they will just dig up tweets of their love for Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz and say, well, those people, sure, they didn't like Trump, but they're just white supremacists like the rest of the Republican Party. So you'll have no friends in the Republican Party anymore or people who were friendly to the Republican Party because they see what's going on with the radical left and how the radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. And they say, I will vote for every mediocre Republican if it means I that that will be a firewall to what is going on with Democrats and how they want to govern. You're not going to have a friend over there. And you're not going to have a friend on the left. She probably should have thought that through. And then the and then the other thing on social media was watching Sarah the smart set in the media who basically, you know, we've said on several occasions they're just a a wing of the Democratic Party. Sure. Just their just their uh their apparatus. Everything Joe Biden said was brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He's so presidential. I could have called and I I really regret this because I said this to a friend about five minutes before the debate started, I said, I said, I already know the post-debate analysis. Biden was relaxed and presidential. Trump was desperate and looked thirsty. Right. Looked angry, like a, aggressive. Yeah, angry. And it cost him. That's that's mm-hmm. exactly what the analysis was going to be. And yep. I'll be damned if that wasn't exactly what it was. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Of course. Of course it was. And meanwhile, Biden was the only person who was slinging insults. Biden was the only person who was being nasty. Trump may have been interrupting him, but he was interrupting him going, what you're saying isn't true. Yeah. Well, he was stopping him in mid lie, which I don't think you should have done. I think you should have let him finish the lie and responded. Exactly. He has to to learn how to reject the premise. He has to learn how to sculpt his answer in a way where he rejects the premise, but then answers the question that they're trying to ask. And he doesn't know how to do that. He's not a politician. But Joe Biden was calling him a racist. Joe Biden was calling this guy, referring to the president of the United States as this guy under his breath. This guy. I mean, come on, this guy. Oh, that's just fighting Joe from Scranton. And it's like, come on. It's like, don't make me what aboutism this. Because seriously, if if Trump had referred to Joe as anything less than Joe, 
which I'm surprised they're not giving him a hard time for that. They're not not calling him Vice President Joe Biden because he was just calling him Joe. Yeah. Anything less than that, anything even close to resembling an insult or a casual reference would have been a headline. Well, the hot takes coming out of the debate were from the left. Mm -hmm. Biden should not debate him again. This was so disturbing. It's so disgusting that uh, Biden should not dignify uh, the the process at all by showing up at the next debate. And that what that tells you right there, folks, is that they are worried sick that Mm -hmm. he looked weak and he was he wasn't as prepared as they hoped he would be. The idea that he would get up and take a big old whiz all over Mm -hmm. the Green New Deal. And they want to cut the mics so he can't. So, so what? Biden can just say whatever. Like, oh, God. if you don't see at this point that the media is intentionally playing for one side over the other, I don't know what to tell you. And by the way, the moderator of the next debate mm-hmm. was an intern for Joe Biden at one sure point was. and worked for sure Ted was. Kennedy. So you're sure did. You know you're going to get a fair shake mm-hmm. at the next debate. So, look, the thing that does worry me about this, and again, I don't consider myself a Republican, ladies and gentlemen. I used to consider myself a Republican. I left a long time ago. I get more and more libertarian by the minute. (laughs) But the left in this country has gotten so bat you know what crazy I said it once. I'll say it again. I will vote for every mediocre Republican on the ballot if they are a firewall between what America is now and what Democrats want to turn it into. But I'll say this. The thing that worries me, it's so hard to do polling now because people are lying. They People are, are, are not running out there uh, wearing their... Trump gear for fear that they're going to be attacked. They don't want, they're not going to answer a telephone for a call from a stranger and just start spewing (laughs) their political beliefs. But if it is true, and it wouldn't surprise me that it is, that Trump is struggling with suburban women, I don't know if that debate performance helped him. I don't buy that he's struggling with suburban women. I'm a suburban woman. I don't buy it. But if you're right, but I agree. If that is a group that he is struggling with, then no, that's not. Some of us, some of us like to see that whole uh, get up and go spirit. That's a get up and go. And mm-hmm. Joe Biden's get up and go must have got up and went. That's a, that's a, that's a lyric from a song. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 going to be fascinating to watch how this unfolds over the next few weeks. The the left talk about the exact opposite with Joe Biden. They are raising the bar so high for Kamala Harris. Oh, Kamala Harris, Kamala, whatever she calls herself. Oh, she's going to blow Mike Pence off the debate stage. Mm-hmm. She came in fifth. Right. Joe Biden beat her. She got no love at the debates. No. Nothing. 
Although that was mostly because Tulsi Gabbard destroyed her. Right. And with that, we have to take a break. Coming up after the break, I got one more point about the debate, and then we're going to move on to what's going on with the economy. Not all the news is good. She's Sarah. I'm Fingers. This is the Snark Factor. Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 MM. Welcome back. Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. It's Snark Factor. I'm Fingers. Follow me on Twitter, at Fingers Malloy. Follow Sarah on Twitter, at Mama Swatty. I wanted to make one more point about the debate. Why I'm calling it a debate. I don't understand what's going on this morning. The debate. I do not understand why. Debate performance means so much in an election. I don't care if a candidate gets up there and struggles with their message. If the other candidate's platform is crap. Right. I'm I'm supposed to be swayed. Say, oh, Trump was too aggressive, so I'm going to vote for Biden. Do you people, mm-hmm. you undecideds out there, you independents, unaffiliateds, yeah, unaffiliateds, do you do, do, do your beliefs just swing so radically from left to right that you 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 don't care what a candidate stands for? You care about whether you want to have a beer with them? That's nuts. I don't care if, if say say Trump completely crapped the bed at that debate, and Biden just stood there being Joe Biden, and he had his usual Uncle Joe flubs. How can anyone go into a voting booth and say, "Gosh, I got to tell you." Biden won those debates. I, I'm going to vote for Biden. Oh, he's going to raise your taxes. Yeah, but did you see his debate performance? You're a coal miner. He's going to he's going to he's he's going to completely eliminate your industry. Yeah, but he looks so good on stage. You're in Ohio, and you're in the fracking industry. You're going to vote for Biden. Did you hear that joke he made in his closing arguments? Are are you serious? It makes no sense. I've never understood. And I've, I've heard people at a bar when politics comes up say something like, oh, listen, I voted for Bill Clinton in, in 96, but then I voted for uh, W in 2000. And then I voted for John Kerry. In 2004, voted for McCain in 2008, but then I for, for Obama. I went for Obama in 2012 because I thought he was doing a good job. What? 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 Look, I understand one of the gripes that we've had for a long time uh, on the right is we vote Republicans into office, and then candidate Republican is different. Then president, 
who's a Republican or they turn into a swamp monster. <laughs> you, you rub your hands together like, oh, oh, wow, we've got a Republican Congress and a Republican president. We're going to get that tax cut. Oh, you'll be able to fill out your tax return on a postcard. Hear that every four years at the convention, and it never happens. We're going to get that Obamacare repeal. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Doesn't happen. Sure doesn't. Man, they're going to finally privatize Social Security. It's going to be great. Doesn't happen. They're going to balance that budget. Doesn't happen. (laughs) Ha. So part of me can kind of understand... Where it's like, sometimes it does feel like the Republican president isn't that much different than the Democratic president. Especially when it comes to spending. Right. But holy cow. This this Green New Deal. I don't know how anyone can look at that. Who does six minutes of research can look at that and not say to themselves, this is totally going to wreck the poor in this country. It's going to ravage the poor. Energy costs are going to go through the roof. Food costs are going to go through the roof. And who, who who's going to suffer the most? It's not going to be the rich lib that wants all this to happen so they can feel better about themselves. It's going to be the person struggling to make ends meet. And they're going to see their energy bills go through the roof. They're going to see gas prices go through the roof until they're forced to buy a battery-powered car like in California. No better tweet than our good friend Larry O'Connor. Gavin Newsom made the announcement that he signed an executive order by, I believe it was 2035. Cars sold in in California had to be battery-powered. Yes. And he made that announcement standing in front of a $76,000 battery-powered Audi. He sure did. How in the hell do you expect the poor to keep up with this? Oh, but fingers, by 2035, battery-powered vehicles are going to be cheap. They're going to be so... They're going to be so many of them out there, we're going to use them as currency. Mm Mm-hmm. They'll be everywhere. Do you understand? I understand many of you believe that the world is run on unicorn dreams. But the world, the way the economy functions is you can't just snap your fingers and radically change how you transport things, whether it's people or food or any commodity. Or product. You can't just snap your fingers and make it happen. You want to make all the cars in this country battery operated. You're first of all, you're neglecting just how bad battery powered vehicles, the batteries that are made, how bad they are for the environment. You're neglecting to even look into that. You're just very happy about, oh, look at that battery-operated cars, no emissions. That's fantastic. Do you realize, do do you think about the things that have to go into having that kind of car be the the mode of transportation for most Americans? You want to take a trip across country, and you're going to stay at a Quality Inn Mm -hmm. in Des Moines, They're going to have to have 
150 charging stations. Sure, of course. At the Quality Inn. Or at the Hilton. Every hotel. Those will just show up overnight. They sure don't. And uh, where do they get their electricity from to charge the cars? From dirty coal. (gasps) No, that's impossible. No, it's totally clean electric energy. Totally clean. Absolutely maddening. It's absolutely maddening that they're able to, 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 to say things like this. And nobody has any research. Nobody calls out Joe Biden on the debate stage saying, wait, wait a minute, you just said that you're against the Green New Deal? I, I took 10 seconds to get on your website, your campaign website, and it says that you're for the Green New Deal. Right there, black and white, on the internet. I, I can tell you somebody whose opinion got changed from the debate. Who's that? Or who made their decision about who they're going to vote for based on the debate. What's that? Who? The guy who made the Dilbert comic strip. Oh, Scott Adams. Mm-hmm. Let's- because specifically because of his white supremacy answer. That's well, it. Well, I can tell you, Scott Adams has... A really good podcast. Yes, he yes, does, he does uh, on Periscope, and he does, uh, and he's very good with messaging and analyzing uh, candidates, and you know what message plays with people and how they're trying to communicate. Yes, he yes. And if I remember, he's not, the, and he's not a partisan. He really isn't. No, but I remember, but he has recognized how the left has gone mad. And that Trump, God, Trump is the firewall. Mm -hmm. But he, if I remember the story correctly, about three weeks ago, he was leaving his house and one of his neighbors yelled at him that he was a white supremacist. Yes. And that really upset Scott Adams because clearly he's not a white supremacist. And the fact that Trump has been called this on several occasions and he's defended Trump. Uh, apparently he's guilty by association in this. Right. And, and the point he was making was that your, his inability to, as we were saying, clearly answer that obvious layup question puts him in a position like he's screw you're, you're screwing me over. I'm the one who's in gets in trouble here with my neighbors and the people in my community. When you can't answer a very simple, direct question with a very simple, direct answer. Right. But though I don't know that that's a reason enough to decide who you're going to vote for. On. Well, he did say God, Adam. later on that Trump can easily rectify this by once again yes. coming out and saying, "I am against white supremacy" for like the uh, you know fifteenth time. Yep. I mean, it, you you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, this is all about narrative and not about the truth. Right. There was a press briefing on Thursday where a fo- the, the White House correspondent for Fox News, for Fox News, this isn't Vox with a V, this is Fox, Fox. with an F. You know, the right wing nut job network. It used to be called Faux News. You guys remember that when they called it oh, Faux News? Before so calling clever. something fake news was an attack on our democracy. So clever. Yeah. Anywho. No, he did. He asked. Um, 
he asked Trump about the white supremacy thing. No, he asked uh, uh, Kaylee. Oh, uh, he asked Kaylee. Sorry, right. The press uh, McEnany. Yeah. McCann- McEnany. Yeah. About Trump's stance on white supremacy. And mm-hmm. uh, Kaylee said, L- listen, he has denounced white supremacy on several occasions. I will- She read, read them all off? Yeah. Read right on August 27th, 2019. He was against the you know, white supremacy and... Um, like two or three different statements, and then she said that he signed, uh, you know, uh, the first uh, federal execution was of a white supremacist, and he's against mm-hmm. white supremacy. The Fox News um, media guy, uh, John, was it John, John Wallace, Roberts, Roberts, John Roberts, that's it, Chris Wallace, John Roberts, yeah, John yeah. Roberts, that's it. Said so. Will you just come out right now and and say that the president denounces white supremacy? Right. And she right. said, "I John, I just read you several times. Yes, he he denounces white supremacy. No, well, but but we, and the reporter said, "Well, no. Will you make it clear right now that right. the president re- of the United States? You're reading me things from what he said before. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is this is that. Okay. <laughs> if I were the Trump campaign, I would." Create a video and just clip that two minutes and say, see, this isn't about the truth. They don't care about the truth. And what's really bad about this is it's Fox News doing this. They're supposed to be the right wing network. And and clearly they're even swinging anti-Trump. Hell, Chris Wallace works for Fox News. And Chris Wallace did a craptastic job as a moderator at that debate. And listen, I want to feel for Chris Wallace because that is a thankless job. There aren't too many moderators that do a great job. And halfway through that debate, all I could think to myself is, man, I miss Tim Russert. Tim Russert. Oh. Boy, do I miss Tim Russert. Tim Russert was a lib, but he'd go after everybody. You went on Meet the Press, and it didn't matter if you were a Democrat or a Republican. You knew you had to be ready. You had to be prepped. You were going to be asked tough questions. Not softballs if you're a Democrat. And and more importantly, you were going to be asked follow-up questions. Right. You were going to even not you were going you were going to not expect softball questions and your answer was going to have if it didn't satisfy was good there was going to be a follow up question. Mm-hmm. They don't, when was the last time you heard a follow up question? The the fact that Joe Biden could mm-hmm. say he wasn't for the green new deal and there was no follow up. Right. Just let that go. Yep. It was Trump who had to say you just lost the left. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Chris Wallace was acting like a coach the whole time. He was coaching him through questions. He was remind there was a there was one one of them where he actually had to yeah, it was the Green New Deal and economy one. He's like, and he had to remind Joe like where he was talking about. And Joe's like, Oh, I just I can't keep track with all of Trump's rambling. And Chris Wallace is all like, I know I'm having a hard time too, Joe. But we were talking about the economy and the Green New Deal, buddy. Go ahead. No, that's where a moderator just needs to sit back and watch the guy sink. Exactly. Unless you're a partisan hack. Right. 
Well, I didn't mean to go back to the debate, but you know, Scott Adams and I like I again, I think that he comes from a place of intellectual honesty. I I I I do believe that um it's got to be tough when you do that show every day and your neighbors are probably all libs and they and they know you're there and they know that you're you're not orange man batting right the Hard internet enough. yeah right. but uh you know we are still in covid-19 times we sure are sarah and shout out to the three people who are still taking it seriously <laughs> well and speaking of fake news uh <laughs> You know, there Not was a this... fake virus, everybody. Just a fake news. <laughs> we, you, you had this story. It went viral. I, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, where this this woman was not wearing a mask at a, a, a was it a high school football game, soccer, maybe soccer. Even, but yeah, I don't some know. sort of outdoor high school right. sport event. And she was tased and yeah. taken away in handcuffs for not wearing a mask. Correct. And you came across something, but not really. So yeah, please please fill us in on on what has happened since this story went viral. You guys, this is such a perfect example of the nonsense that is the fact checking of Facebook. I the, some of you may have noticed this, you may have seen it. Anyone that shared that story got the whoa fact uh, not not full uh, misleading information. Fact checked by an independent, you know, third party <clears throat> politifact, which is ridiculous. So you heard fingers say what happened. And generally speaking, that's how the articles were presented. Woman was arrested and tased at a school, school uh, sporting event for not wearing a mask. So this was deemed fake news. This was deemed false. Why was this deemed fake news and false, everybody? It was deemed fake news and false because... She wasn't arrested for not wearing a mask. She was arrested for criminal trespassing. Why was she criminally trespassing? Because they had asked her to to put on a mask and she didn't. So they were like, you have to put a mask on school rules. And she's like, no, I won't wear a mask. And they said, okay, well, then we're going to have to ask you to leave. And she wouldn't leave because her kid was playing soccer. And so that's when they arrested her and tased her. So guys, it's not because she wasn't wearing a mask. It's because she was criminally trespassing, which is obviously a very serious offense to anyone who might read that fact check. Fact check. One, two, one, two. Now, Correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Please do, because you are the news babe. Sure, sure. This wasn't a police officer. No, it was a security. It was like a um, uh, uh I, I don't. Sorry, I don't mean to use the word rent a cop, but like it was a rent a cop, guys. It was a school security officer, a school safety, whatever. This was not a local police department. This was this was somebody who was doing security for the school either at the school or for the school event. But no, it was not a police officer. So this was Paul. A police officer showed up at one point, though. This is Paul Blart. This is Paul Blart. But at a school instead of a mall, where there's <laughs> a school where there's nothing to steal. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. So just walk, watch those fact checks, too, everybody, because this is not the first time that this has happened. They fact check it as like not totally an accurate story. And their fact check is fact check is totally not an accurate story in and of itself. So everything is narrative. 
Right. Everything is narrative. That's why I call CNN the cable narrative network instead of the cable news network. Well, you know, the, the economy is limping along. We continue to see shutdowns across the country. Some states are slowly reopening. We're, we're starting to see guidelines released by the CDC regarding holidays. And, you know, let's, let's go with that. I was going to talk about travel, but mm-hmm. the CDC came out this week and they aren't exactly jumping up and down at the idea of Halloween and trick-or-treating, Sarah. Right. <clears throat> they have released new guidelines saying that trick-or-treating and trunk-or-treating, which we didn't have trunk-or-treating when I was a kid. Trunk-or-treating, you you meet a bunch of parents and <laughs> different parents show up in a parking lot and people go from car to car. Right. Uh, Very see, safe. Yes, yeah, safe. We're, we're always looking to make things safer because if it just saves one child, Sarah. That's all that matters. Uh, But so the CDC is really trying to pump the brakes on trick-or-treating. Local communities, at least in my area, are saying, hey, trick-or-treating's on. Hmm? Yo, yo. That's what they're saying. Saying yo. (laughs) Yeah. Is that like the official statement? Yes. Trick-or-treating is on, yo. Mm -hmm. This is where the candy shoot comes into play. A candy shoot? Yes. So... According to the Washington Post and a few other uh, national uh, or local, you know, the, the, the big, the New York Times, the, the, the Washington Post, the, the news, the, the thought leaders, you're seeing pieces about candy shoots. What's a candy shoot? It is a long pipe, a PVC mm-hmm. pipe from your door that you can put out there on an angle, and put the candy in it, and it'll slide down to the trick-or-treater. And that way, you will not be handing out your candy. From person to person, you'll be able to social distance from the trick-or-treaters. All you need is a six-foot PVC pipe. What would have more plastic? The the, the candy shoot or the candy? <laughs> what? Has- mm. Excellent question. <laughs> Listen, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, I spent part of my time in central Indiana, part of my time in Michigan, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Indianapolis, where I make my home a lot of the time in in suburban Indianapolis. Indianapolis itself uh, has been on lockdown for a long time. They're just starting to let bars reopen. And, you know, it was the same thing, very similar to what. It's happening while I was in Michigan, you know, with mm-hmm. Governor Whitmer and her executive orders where, you know, bars are closed. But if you sell chicken wings, you can be open, uh, but only at 20 percent. Oh, it's, it's a whole weird thing. So it's it, it's going to be interesting to see in Indianapolis if Indianapolis will say no trick or treating, but right. the suburbs will say it's OK to trick or treat because then you'll see kids from Indianapolis, their parents will drive them to. Oh, yeah. The donut counties and say, we're taking our kids trick-or-treating outside of Indy. Sure. And And watch the COVID spread. Right? I don't know. I I think you're going to see some pushback, especially if you have a neighborhood association. If you're in a state or a town that says no trick-or-treating, 
neighborhood association Facebook pages. You may see people on the Facebook page say, hey, how many people want to give out candy? We're just going to do it. And yep. to hell with the regulations. It's like we'll be giving out you know, candy on our front step. Yep. If you want to walk your kids around, here's our address. Bring it. Because yeah, we are reaching that point where people are going to start doing that. Whether it's wearing masks, whether it's whatever. You know, they're just going to be like, let's just do it. Yeah. Well, speaking of doing something, we have to go. It was a pleasure as always. She's Sarah. I'm Fingers. We will be back next week with an all-new Snark Factor on Wham Talk 1600 AM, 92.7 FM.